This is Kona Bible Church. Thanks for listening. We pray that you will experience God's blessing as you consider Pastor Brian's latest message from his series, Wrestling with God, from the book of Genesis. Things you probably didn't expect to hear when you came to church this morning. For $100. Well, we are in this series in Genesis called Wrestling with God. And uh, ultimately, uh, though we may not want to wrestle with God, uh, he's going to wrestle with us. Because we have tendencies and inclinations that do not bring life to us. And in this passage in particular, you see a few of the inclinations or the ways of, of man that don't bring life. And so it is right for God to come down for uh, the people that he made for his glory, as, as we were reading this morning, uh, to come down and to wrestle with them and to say, no, choose the way that leads to life. And so ultimately, he's not going to coerce us into that, but he's going to invite us into life. And so here we have another passage that we can consider uh, the invitation to life. Ultimately, it comes down to this idea of, will you trust his word? Uh, that's that's the, the, the final thing. There's a lot in the Bible. Uh, and it comes down to, when we read through the Bible, there's often passages that we come across and go, I don't know about that. Uh, and it's those times where we begin that wrestling match with him uh, and, and begin to that process of trusting him so that we can experience life. Well, he shows up to contend with us. He names us. You're going to see, I was reading Sarai and Abram. They're about to get a name change. Uh, so we'll get to their normal names here soon. And ultimately, he blesses us and we are changed. As you come through that door on a weekly basis, the hope and the prayer is that when you go out the door, that a change process has continued for you and for me as well. Well... We see a number of different things. God contends with our will, and certainly today he is going to be contending with our will. As you have seen uh, recently, when we were uh, in Genesis in November, the last two uh, passages that we talked about was this idea of these stories in Scripture are not there by accident. They're very, there very purposefully. And so uh, as we come in this morning, you might wonder, well, why are we even in Genesis? And why are we reading this particular passage? Well, here's a couple of the reasons. One, it does advance the temporal story of Abram and Sarai. But more to the point, it advances the promise. And this promise is the reason why we are going to be going to the table today. Uh, and so it advances the promise. It, it ultimately points us to Christ, and it gives us hope. And, and secondly, then, we looked at uh, the idea of not by accident here. And it says our circumstances. Remember, we talked about our circumstances. And here today, we've got some circumstances that, that are going to make us pause, wonder, and question. In fact, you might be pausing, wondering, and questioning, why are we in this passage this morning? Well, that's a good thing to do. As you read through scripture, you don't want to just run, just roughshod over it, but you want to read it and engage it and digest it, pause and ask some questions about, well, why is this particular passage in here? 
Uh, it helps us realize that we're not in control. It invites us to trust God and reveals more of how God works today. What I would like you to consider is this idea of waiting on the Lord. And in 2022, in a fast food culture, in an instantaneously gratifying culture that we live in, uh, there is no more important message to begin the year off than to consider this idea of waiting on the Lord. Uh, and so let's, let's talk a little bit about waiting on the Lord. Uh, the first thing I would have you do is consider being wary of your initial way. We talk about the way of Jesus. Well, that's in contrast to the way of humanity or to our, our own way. And we see it all through Scripture that when people give in to their own way and don't follow the way of Jesus, well, they don't experience life. And think about that. It's not just living and breathing, but it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. All those wonderful things that make life sweet. It's why we call those things the fruits of the Spirit. That's what you get when you follow the Jesus way. But when you follow your own way, you're not going to be receiving those things. Just do the opposite of those words. And that's what you're going to begin to experience. Let's, let's look at uh, Sarah's way here as we jump into this. Now, they had been given a promise. Abram had been given a promise that he was going to be able to go into the chaos of the world that he was going to be provided for, that he was going to be uh, promised to be provided for and uh, protected as he goes into the chaos with Sarah. Uh, he's leaving his home country. He leaves the surroundings that would give him uh, the appearance of provision and protection, his own family, his own clan, his own territory. And God says, no, 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 what I want you to do is I am commissioning you to go into the chaos, to bring life to everywhere you go, to give it order and to give it purpose. And the land that I'm showing you is this land called Canaan, and it is very corrupt. And so what I want you to do is I am choosing you to go in and bring life to this land. Well, uh, this promise that he gets, he got when he was 75 years old, and... 75 years old, he gets up and he goes. He understands and he has faith that this God who's able to raise the dead back to life is able to provide and protect for him. And so though he lives a nomadic experience, intense and shepherding, uh, he goes and does this. He is given this promise that, oh, uh, because you've done this, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to bless you and through you I'm going to bring a blessing to the world. I'm going to give you land, I'm going to give you descendants, and your descendants are going to bring a blessing to the entire world. And Abraham is childless at this stage, and yet he goes and believes the Lord uh, that he's able to fulfill the promise. So here, Abraham is 75 years old, he goes in, uh, Sarah, 10 years younger, 65 years old, they go into the land, and, you know, month after month, no child, right? Imagine as a woman wanting to give birth to a child, wanting to fulfill this destiny, this calling that your husband has, that you are a co-laborer with him to go into this chaos and to bear children that are going to bring life to the, to the land. 
And month after month, there's just disappointment. Now, we can resonate, I think, a bit with her experience if you have known someone, either yourself or known couples, who have tried to, to have children and were unable. I think we can resonate with, with that. And here's the, the result, is that when we our circumstances flood in and surround us, oftentimes we have an inclination to follow our way. And Sarah is no different But the reality is we are not different from Sarah. That's the beautiful thing of this passage. Sarah looks at it and says, well, if I can't do it, the promise wasn't specifically made about me. Not yet. That will come in another chapter or two. But the promise wasn't specific. It was only that Abram would have descendants that would bring life. Well, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and let him have sexual relations with my servant. Whoa! It's a trap! Abram, it's a trap! Don't do it! I feel like I'm in Star Wars where the the guy's going into the the ships are attacking the the Death Star. And the guy's like, they they realize they, they come out of light speed and there's the Imperial soldiers waiting for them. And he goes, it's a trap! It's a trap. Don't do it, guys. Doesn't matter how, how vociferous she is, how confident she seems to think that this is a good idea. Don't do it. It's a trap. Okay? Abram is an idiot. Just like us. We're idiots. We would listen. There's no resistance at all. At all. He's like, yeah, I think that's a good idea. You've got one there. Uh, We've been at odds for a while in this relationship, but now I think you've truly come up with a good idea. Look, this is also an indication of, of Abram turning down the opportunity, just like Adam did in the garden, to stop the madness, right? There has to be something checking in his spirit of saying that it's a trap, that this is not a good idea. And folks, he turns down the opportunity to, to really get involved and say, no, there's, there's got to be a better way. He's already demonstrated faith in God who said he believes that God is able to provide him children even at the age of, of 75. Well, why not for his wife as well? He could have stepped in to the fray and said, no, honey, we are going to wait on the Lord because he is more than able to provide and protect for us as he has been doing these last 10 years as as we have left the comforts of our family and our our clans and gone into the chaos of Canaan. Now, he, he turns down the opportunity. It is remarkable how silent the actions and words of Abram are in this passage. Folks, if you, I think what we need to consider today is to wait on the Lord. The first thing that you got to do when you wait on the Lord is you have to be wary of your initial reaction to solving the problem. Now, I, I, I'm a man of action. Yeah, you put a problem in front of me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go tackle it and solve it. But what I have slowly, I'm slowly learning over the course of 40-some years here now is that I need to slow down and be wary of my initial inclination. You know when that's seen most often? In emails. 
Anybody relate to that? Anybody ever get an email and then just fire off an email response and not really think about, uh, you just, it was just your initial reaction to the, to, the, to the problem? No, we have to be very cautious. Be wary of your first initial. What I've gotten in the habit of doing or I'm trying to get in the habit of doing is pausing and, and not sending the email. Uh, sometimes even inviting others to be able to look at the email and say, hey, what do you think of this email before I just go off and send it? Because what I don't want to do is I don't want to make more problems, more conflict for myself, because that's what happens when we fire off uh, and, and go with our initial way. Uh, we saw this down in Egypt already with Abram when he lied about uh, Sarai being his sister. He said, it's my sister, not my wife. And then the Egyptian pharaoh took her in as his wife and all kinds of conflict ensued. No, why? Because he followed his initial way instead of waiting on the Lord to provide and protect. And so as you go into 2022, what I'm asking you to do is to be able to examine your own life and to be able to look at the circumstances that are are, are pressuring you to make a decision, pressuring you to, to decide something, and, and just pause. You, you know, I'm fond of saying that the grass doesn't grow overnight. And it doesn't. It's going to take a little while with that grass out there that we're trying to grow. But it will fill in all throughout the, God's creation, whether it's in the nature or in the spiritual. He is comfortable taking his time. And he's inviting you to take your time as well. No bad thing ever happens when you take your time and wait on the Lord to respond. No, conflict is generated when you jump into the fray without getting his way to guide you. And so we see this right here in this passage. One of the things that you can do is you can look and listen for tells, right? That's like a, a little poker term. When you're playing poker and you're looking around the room and you, you're going, oh, I know that guy's got nothing. I know he's bluffing. Oh, that guy's got a, a big, oh, man, she's got a, a hand that's loaded. I'm, I'm backing off. No, you are watching for tells, little things that, that give you an idea of whether you should play that hand or not. Well, there are tells in life uh, of, of whether you are following your own way or whether you are following God's way. And it comes down to, are you experiencing life? And, and all that that is wrapped up in love, joy, peace, are you experiencing those things when you're making your decisions? Or are you experiencing conflict? If you're experiencing conflict, you are certainly going your own way and not God's way. It's not to say that going God's way is not going to result in conflict. At some point, Jesus does die on the cross. But the conflict is not going to result in, in this death by your own hand. Oh, so as you come back, think about this. And, and here's some of the tells. Well, one of them is the testimonies from Scripture. This is why we're reading these stories, so that we can, we can have a tell when we go into situations where we're having problems and we're listening. We go, well, wait a minute. Uh, maybe the solution is to have sex outside of marriage. No. The tell in Scripture is not to do that. There's going to be repeated over and over. There's going to be multiple testimonies from Scripture 
that the tell is not to have sexual relations outside of marriage. You think our culture needs to hear that right now? It is super unpopular. Now, let's just take one example of that. Think about sexual relations before marriage. We have drugs designed to prevent pregnancies so that kids can go have sex and not experience the consequences. We have vaccines created to prevent the transmission of sexual diseases so that we don't experience uh, the consequences of those actions. There are things like unwed uh, mothers raising children. Right? We have these things going on. We have all these different aspects that go into sexual relations before marriage. They're all tells. And our culture is completely missing the tells. And they're saying, no, no, no. We're going we're gonna to stack the deck so that we can still play this hand and think about the amount of conflict that comes up as a result of not listening to the tells. There's tells in, in the testimonies of Scripture to not do these things. But there's also testimonies from the faith community, from people who have gone down this road and said, you know what, it wasn't worth it. It brought a lot of conflict into my life. Or from the flip side, the positive side of, of saying, no, I did wait on the Lord. And you come back and you see how he honored the choice to wait. You see, this is, you are in a generation that can speak into the lives of your children and your grandchildren and invite them, not on the basis of a do and a don't. Do you understand that the law does not exist for Abram and Sarah? There's no external law for them to look to and go, wait a minute, is this a good idea to offer my servant or a bad idea? No, what they had was they had the, the, the law is going to come later after their lives. But the law includes this recognition that a man and a woman are united and become one flesh in the act of sexual relations. And so now what do you have? You have uh, an opportunity to work outside of that. Is that going to bring life or is that going to bring conflict? Well, in this story, it brings an awful lot of conflict. And so the testimony of Scripture is coming back and saying, it's not saying this. This This is unfortunately what faith communities have done. They have highlighted the don't do it. When you highlight don't do it, what do you think is going to happen to a guy like me? Okay, I'm just saying, if you tell me not to do something, I'm going to try to find out a way to do it. Okay? Because that is the natural inclination of the human way we are going to resist commands that tell us not to do it. And so faith communities have come back and said, this is the only thing they have told their children and their grandchildren through history. Hey, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do it. No, no, no. Invite them to consider the tells of life and the tells of corruption. And then invite them to consider the path that leads to life. And you know what? This is the difficult thing. Let them decide. That's ultimately what it comes down to anyway. You do not have control. You cannot coerce a person into right behavior. Well, you can try, but that's only going to change an outward appearance. It is not going to change the internal dynamic of the heart. And so with the next generation, what we need to do is we need to be appealing to them like Scripture appeals to us, not on the basis of do's and don'ts, but on the basis of, hey, choose what leads to life. Don't be silent. Do do not be silent in the lives of your grandchildren. 
in the lives of your children. Do not be silent. No one is telling them to wait for marriage right now. Nobody is giving them the argument of the things that lead to life on the basis of why they should wait. But you have an opportunity to speak into their lives. You can refer to the testimonies of Scripture that show example after example of conflict that comes when you have sexual relationships outside of marriage. And you can also share the testimonies of your own faith community, the positive ones and the negative ones, of marriages that were good because they decided, you know what, the thing is, we should wait. That we don't want to bring a whole bunch of baggage that will only increase the amount of conflict as we head out on this this journey of marriage. Maybe you didn't make those choices. Nobody's going to blame you. Right? This is the dynamic of what's going to happen. Nobody's going to blame you if you didn't make those choices. But don't be silent because you didn't didn't follow the God's way. Maybe you didn't know. Maybe nobody told you. Maybe it was a culture that just said, don't do it. And tried to be heavy-handed and manipulative and coercive toward you. I get it. This is what the faith community is. Sinners saved by grace. Corrupted souls saved by grace. But it should not silence you for the next generation. Encourage them to follow the path that leads to life. Don't, Don't congratulate scientists on creating drugs and vaccines that do away with the consequences on a, on a physical sense, but don't do anything to the spiritual consequences or relational consequences that result in much conflict. They can't do anything about that, folks. There is only one thing that can solve the conflict that comes there. and We're, we're going we're to embrace it and imbibe it Here today, the blood of Jesus is the only thing that is going to overcome that, the spiritual and relational consequences, the forgiveness of sins. It's a beautiful thing. So we don't have to be heavy-handed. We just invite people to life. I bet Abram and Sarah wished that they would have had somebody that would have invited them to life. And so uh, when you're going through these, when the, when the circumstances of your life are pressing in on you and causing you to, to choose your own way, and, and you realize, wait, I need to wait, reach out and listen to people. Reach out and ask for advice. This is what I've been trying to do with, with Ken, the president here of the, the church. I try to reach out to him and run things by him before I just act. Bob, Luke, others in my life that I, that I trust, my wife. I reach out to them trying to ask them and say, wait a minute, before I just act and bring a whole bunch of conflict into my own life, can, can you give me some advice? That's part of how God works. To, to wait on him is to work through a community that is all gifted with the Holy Spirit and is able to give wisdom to one another about how to proceed. Finally, boy, you have an opportunity to just pray. That's why this is the, uh, the Hale Pule, the house of prayer. It, waiting on the Lord gives you this opportunity to just continue to come back to him and to pray and to be in dialogue with him. 
We're going to see next week the result of a prayer that Abram has is that the Lord comes down and, and, and talks to him and shows him a, a greater revelation of what his promise means both for Abram and for Sarah. And he's going to come down he's going to say, even though you've created a lot of conflict, I'm a God who redeems conflict. And we see that with, with Ishmael and Hagar. Even though that this wasn't the, the God way, God comes down and he redeems it. He says, I'm going to make Ishmael a great nation. He's not going to be the one who bears the promise, but he's going to be a great nation. And kings are going to come through this man. He's going to be a wild donkey of a man, which I think is code for he's going to live on the East Coast. <laughs> but be that as it may, God comes down and redeems. And so as you consider... Uh, this idea of the circumstances of your life and all the things that, that create this need to act, I would invite you to consider this. Wait on the Lord in 2022. Is, is, is you just be intentional about waiting on him. And, and what does that look like? Well, here's a couple, a couple things. One is it means just slow down. Be, be, uh, be a little bit aware of how your own natural inclinations lead to conflict and not to life and back off of those things then look and listen to the tells in life this isn't a a huge mystery god's not out there just going well i hope they figure it out no he gives us indicators about the things that lead to life and the things that don't lead to life and then pray uh, for god's way as you wait father this is my prayer for my own life I, i i'm preaching to myself once again because I need it, Father. Because my way does not bring life. So will you pour out your spirit as our, as our liturgy has even uh, professed this morning? Uh, will your spirit lead us in these ways? Nourish us with your way so that when we uh, are addressing circumstances that need our attention, that we're able to follow you. That we can experience life and that those around us can experience life. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.